Good day, ladies and gentlemen. The other day I posted a tweet that got a lot of heat, which was interesting, not only because it rhymed what I just said, but because I simply posted a, a tweet, which was a quote from a pope, uh, a very solemn declaration by a pope, and it was amazing to see the reluctance to accept it and even the explaining away. I got some crazy responses, not just from wacky wackos, you know, like total liberal Catholics, but folks who would call themselves pretty conservative or even traditional, and they basically wanted to explain it away, which is a real problem because it represents the infallible teaching of the Catholic Church. There's no salvation outside the Catholic Church. And I did a three-hour podcast on this a while back. You can check it out. It's called, is there, it's, I think it's called, Can Non-Catholics Be Saved? It's about three hours. It's audio, not video, because I'm not going to stare into a camera for three hours. That file size would be massive for one. But in any case, um, I go through this book here that I have, which is not for publication. It's not something you can buy. It's called A Study of the Catholic Church's Teaching on Salvation, which is by a former, col former colleague of mine at the Fatima Center, James Hanish. And basically what he did is he compiled all of the authoritative teachings from popes and councils, along with supporting documentation from Aquinas and great saints and doctors and theologians and, and the um, scriptures and so forth over the centuries to show that this is in fact what the church has always taught. So we're going to go through that, but I want to show you real quickly what was this tweet that I put out so you can see why people were so upset. And here's what it says. It says, The most holy Roman church firmly believes, professes, and preaches that none of those existing outside the Catholic Church, not only pagans, also Jews, heretics, and schismatics, can ever be partakers of eternal life, but that, that they are to go into the eternal fire which was prepared for the devil and his angels, unless before death they are joined with her. No one, let his almsgiving be as great as it may. No one, even if he pour out his blood for the name of Christ, can be saved unless they abide within the bosom and unity of the Catholic Church. Now, this is not my, I'm not going to do an exhaustive overview of every possible thing here. This is a video, not a PhD dissertation. Please, if you want more information, if there's questions you have, because I will not answer them all here, check out that video, Can Non-Catholics Be Saved, in the timeline of my YouTube channel, and you will find that we do discuss invincible ignorance as per the teachings of the popes. We do discuss miraculous conversions, how can someone be united to the church invisibly and so forth, which is possible. And these things do happen. And I'm not denying those. And I actually hope there are more and more of those than we will ever know of until we reach the beatific vision, God willing. But the teaching of the church is clear. There's no salvation outside the Catholic church. Full stop. And we're going to go through the authoritative teachings of the popes. I'm going to focus on what the popes say, because we live in an age of papal magisterialism, where if the pope said, Chinese food is now Italian food. They'd say you have to accept that as doctrine. So I'm going to go right to the popes and leave all the other stuff aside, which again, all of that, it's about three hours. I basically read you an audiobook. You're welcome, um, which is available on my YouTube channel. Check that out. Before we continue, I'd like to just let you know that the Canadian Martyrs Men's Conference is merely three weeks away. And you can find a link for that in the description area of this podcast, February 17th with keynote speaker, Father Michel Rion. Tickets are selling. Uh, it's going great. Um, as I said, Father Michel Rion is the keynote. Father Stannis is giving a talk. Tim Flanders and myself as well. It's not your average men's conference. The night before, there is a social. Uh, there's about 80 men signed up. There's about 150 or so signed up for the conference now. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful day. 
in Stratford, Ontario, very close to the border, about an hour and a half from the Michigan border, about an hour and 45 minutes from the Buffalo border. Uh, so it's pretty accessible. It's about an hour from Toronto. Check it out. Link for that in the description area of this podcast. Last thing, I'm going to Italy this fall, and I'd like you to come with me if you'd like to have fun in the Amalfi Coast, Rome, footsteps of St. Francis of Assisi, St. Peter, go to Florence, maybe check out what Dante was, where Dante was from, etc. And here's a quick promo for that. All the trouble in Rome, it is easy to forget about one unshakable fact. Our church is the Roman Catholic Church, and Rome is the Eternal City. What a perfect time to go on a pilgrimage to the Eternal City and the other monumental sites of Catholic heritage in beautiful Italy. Join Father Albert Calio and me this November as we tour through the shrines of Italy and the Amalfi Coast as we attend daily Mass in the Old Rite in the footsteps of St. Peter and St. Francis. Click the link in the description to register for this once-in-a-lifetime pilgrimage to discover the heart of the Catholic faith in the heart of the old Roman Empire. Click the link in the description area of this podcast or go to kennedyhall.ca slash Italy. The trip is already selling nicely and I'll see you there if you can make it. It's going to be wonderful. Okay, so this book, what does the church teach about no salvation outside the church? Now, as I said, I'm not going to read the whole thing and um, I'm just going to go with the authoritative statement. So first, as I said, um, we're not going to get into the exceptionalities and the what ifs because we don't we don't go off of exceptionalities and what ifs because the exceptions prove the rule, so we go off the rule. Um, and so here are some statements from popes, and this is from a section of the book called um, "But the gift of salvation is accorded only to those who, before their death, have been translated into the state of justice from that of original sin." Here's Pope Innocent the Third: the punishment of original sin is the deprivation of the, of the vision of God. So this is explaining that baptism is necessary. Now, in this book and in that podcast I did, I do reject, and so does James Hannish, that there is no such thing as baptism of desire and mar- uh, baptism of desire or blood, martyrdom or desire. Um, I don't know why people ascribe to the Feniite idea that it has to be by water. I understand there's a more nuanced position by the smart Feniates. I'm not throwing rocks here. I'm just saying that I don't understand how that makes sense because we literally have an liturgical calendar commemorations of catechumens and so forth. But anyway, Pope Innocent III said what I just uh, said. Second Council of Lyon. The souls of those who die in mortal sin or with original sin only immediately descend to hell, yet to be punished with different punishments. Um, Council Florence. This was the one concerned with the Orthodox. This is very important. We define that the souls of those who depart in actual mortal sin or in original sin only descend immediately into hell, but to undergo different punishments of different kinds. This is echoing was at Lyon. Um, so fast forwarding, we're going to go to another section here. Just give me half a second to find that I did do the dog ear thing in the book here. Okay. People will say, well, what about invincible ignorance? Here's Pope St. Pius X. And this was in an encyclical called Acerbo Nimis, which was reiterating uh, what Pope Benedict XIV had said. He said, we declare that a great number of those who are condemned to eternal punishment suffer that everlasting calamity because of ignorance of those mysteries of faith which must be known and believed in order to be numbered among the elect. So it can't just be some amorphous belief in God. It has to be the faith. And what about those who are in non-Catholic sects, heretics? Okay, Benedict the Fourteenth here. And this is taken from Singulari Nobis, which was from 1749. A little bit longer, so bear with me here. And he says, 
A person baptized by a heretic, if he uses the legitimate matter and form, is sealed with the character of the sacrament. It is also certain that he who receives baptism in a heretical rite thereupon becomes a member of the Catholic Church by force of that baptism. So there's only one type of baptism. It's Catholic baptism. Indeed, the sad error of the one baptizing cannot deprive him of this happiness. If the sacrament shall have been conferred in the faith of the true church, and if her precepts are observed in those things which pertain to the validity of baptism. Suarez brilliantly confirms this in his On the Defense of the Catholic Faith Against the Errors of the Anglican, where he shows that a baptized person is made a member of the church, added even, adding even this, that if a heretic, as, is, as it often happens, should cleanse a small child, as yet incapable of eliciting an act of faith, this is not an impediment. This does not prevent such a one from receiving the habit of faith with baptism. Lastly, we have to explain that those having been baptized by heretics, if they shall have come to the age in which they are able to discern good things from evil per se, and if they adhere to the errors of the one who baptized them, then these same are indeed cut off from the unity of the church and are deprived of all the goods which they who abide in the church enjoy, which of course refers to salvation as well as the power of the sacraments. What about heretics and schismatics? We continue here. Pope Boniface VIII. The Lord said to Peter, feed my sheep. He says, my sheep, universally, and not these or those in particular. And thus it is understood that he entrusted all his sheep to him. If therefore the Greeks or others say that they have not been entrusted to Peter and to his successors, they necessarily admit that they are not in the sheep of Christ, not of the sheep of Christ, since the Lord says in John that there is one fold and one shepherd. Pope Gregory XVI, with the admonition of the apostle that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, that's in Ephesians, may those fear who contrive the notion that the safe harbor of salvation is open to persons of any religion whatever. They should consider the testimony of Christ himself, who said, he that is not with me is against me. That's from the Gospel of Luke. Here's Pope Pius IX. He says, there is only one sea founded on Peter by the word of the Lord, and whoever abandons the sea of Peter on which the church is established trusts falsely that he is in the church. That's from 1856. From an encyclical called Singulari Quidem, Pope Pius IX, or the 11th now, excuse me. In this one church of Christ, no man can be or remain who does not accept, recognize, and obey the authority and supremacy of Peter and his legitimate successors, Encyclical Mortalium Animus. I know my detractors are going to say, Kennedy, you're an SSPX guy. You don't obey the Pope. Obviously, it talks about true obedience because Vatican I, when it talks about papal authority, supremacy, and so forth, uses the term true obedience because we're not robots. In any case, uh, Pius Twelfth. Members of Protestant sects, that's in brackets because that's the context, wandering sheep unknown to the shepherd, limbs who are not part of a life-giving body but separated, arid, and deprived of spiritual nourishment. That's from Somamente Gradita. And Pius XII again, this is from Mystici Corporis, which is kind of the opposite of Vatican II, but anyway. Just as the true assembly of Christ's faithful is only one body, so there can be only one faith. Consequently, the one who would refuse to hear the church is, by the Lord's command, to be considered as the heathen and the publican. Hence those who are in various ways separated in faith or rule, i.e. by heresy or schism, cannot be in the living body. Now, what about those who are in these heretical sects and but they really try really hard? Well, here's some popes and councils on this. Here's Pope 
Boniface VIII, and this is from Unam Sanctum, very important bull in the history of the church encyclical. There was only one Catholic church and that one apostolic. Outside this church, there is no salvation, no remission of sins. That's another problem, because if one is in a sect that has valid confession, that's a problem according to Pope, Bias, Pope Boniface VIII when it's all considered. Pope Gregory the Sixteenth, a schismatic flatters himself falsely if he asserts that he too has been washed in the waters of regeneration. Indeed, Augustine would reply to such a man, the branch has the same form when it has been cut off from the vine, but of what profit? For it is it, for it is the form. If he, oh, of what profit for it is the form if it does not live from the root? That's from Miradivos, 1832. Council of Trent. The Holy Synod teaches that in the ordination of bishops, priests, and other orders, those who by their own temerity take these offices upon themselves are not ministers of the church, but are to be regarded as thieves and robbers who have not entered by the door. Now here is a very important one because one of the main popes that people look to to support this doctrine that there's salvation outside the church is Pope Pius IX. And of course, he's quoted woefully out of context and here's what they quote out of context. Um, this is from an encyclical to the bishops of Italy called Quanto Conficiamor con, Morore. Not bad. He says, They who labor in invincible ignorance of our most holy religion and who zealously keeping the natural law and its precepts engraved in the hearts of all by God and being ready to obey God, live an honest life and upright life, can by the operating power of divine light and grace attain eternal life. People will say, ha Look, the Pope said, even if they don't want to be Catholic, they can still be saved. Well, let's look at what else Pope uh, Pius IX said in the same encyclical, which has to be understood in that context. He says, we mention again and censure a very grave error of some Catholics who believe that men living in error and separated from the true faith and from Catholic unity can attain eternal life. But the Catholic dogma that no one can be saved outside the Catholic Church is well known. Indeed, this is certainly quite contrary to Catholic teaching, meaning the opposite opinion. About 15 years earlier, in an allocution to the Cardinals, he wrote the following. In our times, many of the enemies of the Catholic faith direct their efforts towards placing every monstrous opinion on the level with the doctrine of Christ, or confounding it therewith. And so they try more and more to propagate that impious system of indifference of religions. But quite of late we shudder to say it. Certain men have not hesitated to slander us, the Pope, by saying that we share in their folly and favor that most wicked system, and think so benevolently of every class of men as to suppose that not only the sons of the Church, but that the rest also, however alienated from the Catholic unity they may remain, are alike in the way of salvation and may arrive at everlasting life. We are at a loss in horror, from horror, to find words to express our detestation of this atrocious injustice that is done to us. So Pius IX, which is the one often used by the sort of dare we hope crowd, what he's doing in that portion that's used against him is expressing that God does will the salvation, does desire the salvation of all men. That's true. And therefore, he will provide the graces necessary for all to cooperate with the plan of salvation. 
and those who are ignorant, and I go through this in that three-hour podcast, can miraculously be incorporated into the church, but it's explicit is the point. So this is a question that was brought up a lot with the discovery of the new world so-called, finding all these people who never heard about Christ. Well, there are traditions of saints bilocating to the new world. There's a, a strong tradition, small t tradition, not sacred tradition, but a, a tradition that's been believed by many that St. Thomas the Apostle actually spent a number of years in South America. There are other things like that as well. But the point is, Paul, uh, P Pius IX was only saying that in the context of there's no salvation outside the church. It's such a horror to think that people even think the Pope was saying that you could be saved outside the church. However, the teaching of the church is that those laboring in ignorance can in some way find a way to be incorporated into the church. But that's it. And that's true. Because God will provide the graces for all men, but to be incorporated into the church. There is no salvation outside the Catholic Church. This is a doctrine as serious as a heart attack. After I had recorded this video yesterday, there's something I realized that I forgot that I know is extremely important and should be included because it is also an infallible sign that what I have shared in this podcast is the dogmatic, therefore binding teaching of the church. I'm going to share that with you now. I'm speaking of the Athanasian Creed, and I have the Catholic Encyclopedia pulled up here, so I can't be accused of, I don't know, cherry-picking things that aren't actually part of the faith. Here's what the Catholic Encyclopedia says. One of the symbols of faith approved by the Church and given a place in her liturgy, which is very important because this has been liturgy for centuries and centuries, is a short, clear exposition of the doctrines of the Trinity and the Incarnation, with a passing reference to several other dogmas. Unlike most of the other creeds or symbols, it is almost exclusively with these two fundamental truths, which it states and restates in terse and varied forms so as to bring out unmistakably the Trinity of the persons of God and the twofold nature in the one divine person of Jesus Christ. At various points, the author calls attention to the penalty incurred by those who refuse to accept any of the articles therein set down. And here is the English translation of it. I'm going to just read the first line. I'm going to skip to the end. The reason I'm doing that is because the majority of it is about the Incarnation and the Trinity, but the opening and closing is the most important part for our purposes here. And I'll make this a little bit bigger so everybody can see it as well. Get rid of this silly Google ad. There you go. Here's what it says. Whosoever will be saved before all things, it is necessary that he hold the Catholic faith, which faith except everyone do keep whole and undefiled, without doubt he shall perish everlastingly. Without keeping the whole Catholic faith, undefiled, perish everlastingly. We'll go, go down to the end here. And this is after the old, you know, exposition on the Trinity and all these kinds of things, the Incarnation. And it says here at the bottom... I've highlighted it for you. And they that have done good shall go into everlasting life, and they that have done evil into everlasting fire. This is the Catholic faith, which except a man believe faithfully and firmly, he cannot be saved. So, this is one of the approved creeds of the church. It's been used in the liturgy for centuries and centuries. It is called a dogma, or contains the dogmas by the Catholic Encyclopedia. I don't think it would be, would be wise to try to explain this away. 
I understand many are going to be upset at this, but this is the teaching of the church. Um, so there you have it. If you want a three-hour explanation of all of the ins and outs, please check out that video, Can Non-Catholics Be Saved? It is also available on the audio-only platforms like iTunes and Spotify if you'd rather listen to something that long on that format. Um, but there it is. So, as always, ladies and gentlemen, let me know what you think in the comments. This has been the Kennedy Report. Until next time, God bless.